Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 13 of The Divide. Uh, you join us after the most tedious process of starting a podcast ever as we try to synchronise separate streams together. Let's hope we don't cross them. Uh, joining me today, as usual, are Mr. Christopher Ford. Hello. Hi. And Dr. John Wordsworth. Yo, 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 what's up? <laughs> oh. Impressive. <laughs> oh, Oh, we're going to have to up our rap game on this now. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't realise it was that sort of podcast. Uh, For shizzle. Uh, <laughs> How are things, gentlemen? All right. Yeah, pretty good, thank you. Pretty good. It's, uh... That was a great segment, right? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I, uh, I, I just can't help myself if it's caught on the weather, but it's it's pretty warm at the moment. What is pretty warm by Swedish standards? So last week Three it degrees. was 21, 22 degrees for what? most of the week. And now this it's week just... it's gone down by about 5 or 10 degrees. So it's a bit cooler this week. But I think it was because Eurovision was in Stockholm. So everything was building up to that. And all the tourists were here. So they were being nice to them. So. There's a flaming joke there somewhere. <laughs> so that is pretty good. Good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was about 28 degrees here last week. And um, I shut... The blackout curtains. I put the air conditioning on, and uh, I sat in my pants, and uh, I felt a lot better. Nice. It's far far too hot for me. I like it a crisp I, twelve degrees. I like with rain. I, I live the furthest south, and it has been not that hot. Move north. Don't. I feel like there's no sympathy for me there. There's like, no sympathy be, for uh, anyone in the north. <laughs> oh, poor Chris! You live in the beautiful South, and you should be experiencing beautiful s- Southern weather. But no, we've all lived there. We know that's not ever going to happen. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> Your expectations are well. That's up. true. It's raining. Yeah, it's not actually raining. It's beautiful, <laughs> but it, it probably will rain tomorrow. Well, I, I wish we did a podcast every day so we could check in on that. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> I might just edit out the entire introduction. <laughs> yo 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 thanks for listening check in yeah, next yeah. week for <laughs> yeah that's oh right. dear all right let's do some follow-up then uh so i'm gonna start because i'm more important um i'm gonna follow up on some stuff we talked about back in episode seven when we discussed the internet of things Ugh, horrible word um i've been playing around with HomeKit stuff for uh, a few days um first of all i managed to get um, my iTunes to connect via Apple Script, which I didn't even know was still supported in iTunes, but apparently it is, uh, so that I could basically tell Siri to turn on the music in my kitchen and it would start streaming it from iTunes directly over AirPlay into my kitchen speakers, which is pretty cool. But I need to configure it so that I can change the volume and stuff because I'm so used to streaming stuff from my iPhone when I'm cooking that it's awkward doing it from like a, a Mac in another room because when you want to turn the volume down, you you can't because my speakers are up on top of units. <laughs> so that was pretty fun um, because there's no, like, it seems like a, such a missed opportunity that HomeKit doesn't include hairplay, uh, hairplay, <laughs> airplay. <laughs> so you can't say things like, Siri, start playing my morning playlist in the kitchen it just doesn't work which seems stupid hopefully they'll fix that in ios 10 yeah but i've, sure I've got like a little little apple script solution to fix it which is fun um and then my other home kit thing is that i've bought a flick button which is like a little tiny button probably about the size of a watch battery which i believe you can put inside of it when it runs out 
uh, and it's Bluetooth, uh, and it connects to an app on the iPhone, um, so that when you press it or double tap it or hold it, it can do different things. So you can, by default, you can set it up to do things like when I press this button, turn on my hue lights or something like that. And usually I look at these things and I'm just like, oh, what's the point? Just use the app. That's why you've got the app anyway. But then I've started putting everything in scenes in HomeKit. So I want to do stuff like in the morning, I can say, good morning, uh, and it will turn off my security cameras, put the lights on, and then start playing music in the kitchen. Um, and that's nice, but then I have to speak to Siri first thing in the morning, and that is not a good way to start any day because she's terrible still. Um, so now I've replaced her with a button, which I can press. And through a very, very tedious, long-winded process today, I managed to get it all working. So even when the app's in the background, you can just press the button, and then off it goes, starts my day. So that's fun. So can uh, you, if you've... Can Sorry, you take on. your button away and then... Like, so say to Stockholm, and if you press the button, will it turn on the lights in your house? Uh, it could do, um, because all it's doing, all it, I'd love so it's talking to the phone. <laughs> so okay. technically, as long as the phone is with me, um, it won't for my particular setup, because the app that I've written in order to communicate with HomeKit um, does it via my IP address on my local network, because obviously right. okay. I'm not going to use my good morning or good night scenes unless I'm in my house. Yeah. <laughs> like I can still control everything remotely. Like if I want to turn lights and stuff on while I'm out or turn the security camera on or off, I can do that remotely with their individual apps. But with this particular thing, it's just local. But yeah, I mean, um, you can program it for anything. So you can program it to like work as a camera button. So if you like set your camera up somewhere, uh, your phone, sorry, is your camera, and step away. You can use it as like a button to trigger the oh, nice. capture and stuff like that. It's just mm. a Bluetooth button. <clears throat> just program it to do whatever you want, really. So it's pretty so cool. You can carry it around with you if you wanted to and use it to trigger things. Like, I guess if yeah. you wanted to, like, if you were medically had some you know, medical reason where you could push the button and it could call someone or something. Yeah, you could do that. Um, one of the cool things you could do if you didn't have an iPhone 6S um, and you were in the car and you wanted to trigger Siri, like usually you can use that phrase that I won't say now uh, <laughs> to like trigger it on the 6S because it's always listening. But the other ones that only does if it's plugged in um, and most people turn it off because they don't like it because obviously on a podcast someone says it and then off it goes. Um, but you could use the button to trigger Siri. So you could stick it like on your dashboard mm. in your car. And then when you're driving, you can just press the button and it'll launch Siri for you and you can just start speaking, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, I've got CarPlay in my car, so I have a dedicated Siri button anyway. So it's of no use to me, but it's a, a good example of what you could do with it. So yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it. I think I'm, I bought a set of four of them and they come from Sweden. Um, ah, nice. So it makes me think of you every time I press it. <laughs> Push my buttons then. Push my buttons. Oh. Uh, how much with that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I think... Such a bad response. <laughs> <laughs> I Just think take we... some money. Just help yourself. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Let me go into my Scrooge McDuck vault. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I paid, including shipping, uh, 90 euros for the four. Cool. So they probably work at about 15 quid each, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, they're very, very well made. And um, you can replace the battery in them as well. So after 18 months when it dies, you just 
replace the battery still works mm. and as it's not connected to an online service because it's just bluetooth um if they go bust and they turn their service off <laughs> big whoop don't matter still yeah work. that's a nice bonus because a lot of these buttons like you say just talk straight to their web server and if they do go down they're probably not going to bother doing anything it's just you've got a piece yeah. of plastic now and one of the benefits of HomeKit is that you don't need to be connected to the internet because if it's in your house, it does it via Bluetooth or your local Wi-Fi. So it's like, I don't want a button that does, like, talks to if this, then that, and then triggers stuff. I just want it to mm. do it quickly. And, like, literally, I press the button and it does it in, like, a second. It triggers everything. And I've got a convoluted setup full of triggers and stuff. I won't go into it here, but you can look on my website if you want to see the full detail of how it works. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty cool. So I'd... Uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, then check that out. Chris, cool. just not you from your phone. Up. <laughs> not from mine. You have to follow up on the Day of the Tentacle, I believe. That's right. Going back to even further, back to episode six, when we discussed new games coming out in 2016, and then in a later episode, whichever was, whichever was the one where my internet died in the middle of it, I think that was possibly the... Uh, Oh, the episode, good episode. Episode <laughs> nine. Yes. Bye. Thanks, Ben. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I've kind of sorry. lost my train of thought just after just sorry, the endless abuse. It's like we're in an abusive relationship. Um, uh, and I forgive you, just like... Uh, so we, I bought Day of the Tentacle remastered when it came out, and I've just finished it. Um, and I really enjoyed it, but... Uh, I kind of feel like it wasn't as good as I had hoped it would be purely because I think I'm maybe I don't have the patience for games like that anymore that I did when I was a kid. No one and has also, the patience for those I, games anymore. I also I had a slight issue where uh, I just remembered significant chunks of the game and then there were bits I totally blanked out. So I'd just go around sort of solving puzzles completely out of sequence with no idea why I was doing it. And then I got completely and utterly stuck and I didn't play for a couple of weeks. And then I went back to it and solved this puzzle and then just over the course of half an hour, plowed through the last third of the game and completed it. Uh, so it was kind nice. of good. I, but I was, I was kind of, disapp I was kind of relieved when it was finished because mm. whilst I was enjoying it, I kind of couldn't be bothered with it at the same time. It's a shame. I'd still recommend it, but... Yeah. I mean, it's probably one of the things we're yeah. going to discuss. I mean, today's topic is consoles, and we are going to talk about yeah. games from the past. I guess Day of the Tentacle wasn't a yeah. console game, though, so maybe we won't discuss it. <laughs> no, um, but I always it. find it's really difficult with any game, <clears throat> any puzzle game, if you've played it before, and then mm. you come back to it a few days, uh, sorry, a few years later, because you remember bits of it, but... Because you remember bits of it, you do stuff out of sequence or yeah. you do things based on memory and then you can't remember what you're supposed to do and you've not done the brain work to work it out. Yeah. Um, I do that all the time with like Portal 2. I'd be like, oh yeah, I know exactly how to solve this room. And then I get half of it and then I'm like, hmm, don't remember what I'm doing now. And you can't, yeah. Yeah, you can't figure the second half out without knowing what you really meant for the first half. Yes. Or sometimes you do the second half first and <laughs> then you're completely stuffed. Um, but uh, tell you what was interesting about it is that like you had an option where you could switch it between the the new and the old graphics, and um, I swear, I swear, it always looked like it the new graphics. And when I <laughs> when I switch it back into the old graphics, like it never looked like this. <laughs> Let's just go back to the new graphics. This is this is what it always looked like. 
Maybe they just took the existing game and just put bad graphics over the top of it. That is definitely something we will discuss later in the right. episode. And Nostalgia goggles. And oh, I, will, yeah. I will say one other thing that I found slightly annoying, because it, it was a... Okay, so it's, it's called remastered, I suppose. Technically, they are saying all we're doing is the graphics, but there's bits like it is just reskinned nothing else is like there's there's bits that i remember clearly from my childhood where uh one of the tentacles is is moving across the room and and he just sort of moves on the spot for a bit <laughs> because they obviously something went wrong in the code initially and like the tentacle still does that like i would have just fixed that if i was remaking mm. the game. i, I guess the, I know, maybe the difficulties of do you want to <clears throat> when you remaster stuff, keep it true to the original, but just make it look nicer? Or do you want to fix stuff and change stuff? Because I get really annoyed when they do try and fix things. Mm. Because I think I mentioned it a little while back, they did that with uh, Ocarina of Time on the 3DS, uh, and they did it with Wind Waker HD, both Zelda games. Um, and they did things like, oh, that puzzle was too hard, so we made it easier. Or, oh, that quest was too boring, so we've added this. And it's like, yeah. no, I just want it to be the same, but look nice. Yeah. That's all I want. I suppose we'll never be happy, really, will we? If they had if they had changed things, I would have been like, why have you changed this game? I loved it. It was yeah. perfect. If we were happy, we wouldn't have this podcast. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Speaking of not being happy, uh, it's time for an update on my quest for vengeance against the Hydrate Spark people. I still have no Hydrate Spark. I still have no shipping notice about my Hydrate Spark. This is my long-running Kickstarter water bottle feud. Um, I've now decided that they've just buggered up and they're not bothering anymore because they're not replying to people. They posted a very cryptic message on Kickstarter about two weeks ago. This was after six weeks of them saying, oh, we'll give you a personal update every week, and then they were <laughs> silent for six weeks, um, where they said, oh, yeah, all of your bottles, some people have got them, but they aren't very good apparently but the people that don't have them all of your bottles are currently trapped in a dock due to some issue and we should have them in two weeks and i'm like mm. <laughs> i right, get so a feeling just in a shipping container yeah apparently Goodness. i, I don't know what me. to believe i have a feeling that there's been a lot of errors because people have been sent like the wrong colors and stuff a lot of them have got bluetooth problems and aren't working um i get the feeling that it doesn't work and that they've spent all the money and now they've refunded a few people who've got the wrong ones and they've run out and so now they're just gonna quietly disappear if i get oh. my hydrates back i will be incredibly surprised i don't even want the bloody thing anymore i just i don't See, need yeah, it it's really sad because it's like they made a huge pile of cash and all they had to do is build the thing and post it out it's not like they had a, i mean i understand when a game development company struggles because there's a creative element involved there and you know ah oh, we didn't it didn't work out it's a crap game so we mm. spent too much time trying to make it good and we've run out of money but this was simple it's like this is the design you've already prototyped it make it send it to me that's all i want and they seem to be failing in that and i guess i learned of an interesting phrase today it's like the economics of credi uh, credibility and I guess they've not built up any credibility with you, so they haven't got any to spend on mm. saying the shipping container thing. Whereas if they've done a lot of good in the past, you could say, okay, I'll believe them because they've they've proven themselves. Well, it's been, it been but... delayed an awful lot, so the goodwill mm. is running out now. Yeah. And now it's just eh, probably not going to happen, which is in stark contrast to the flick, not to keep going on about it, um, but there, theirs was a Kickstarter thing. 
that got shipped out. And I went on their website to buy it because it's launched. It's publicly available now. And it said, oh, due to high demand and fulfilling stuff, it's going to be like four weeks till we can send them. And I was like, ah, okay, I'll order them now because I really wanted this button set up for my new house anyway, which is going to be like a few months away. So I was like, it doesn't really matter. And then it came like three days later. And I was like, huh, <laughs> okay, that's good. That's That's how you do that kind of business you yeah say it's going to take a long time and then deliver it within the time that you say you make it longer than you think it's going to be yeah because you're probably going to go out and buy more the... buttons now as well aren't you I, i'm probably not because i only needed one i only <laughs> need four i was just drunk if they so. okay if if you did need more buttons you'd be like yeah i'll just get some more of these well, as I'm... opposed to like if you wanted another water bottle you wouldn't if our listener chris uh wants to buy a button now he knows where to buy one from yeah Ben, you can buy one of Ben's three that he's been okay. over. <laughs> 90 euros they cost for three. Hmm. Well, uh, if, I, if I wait a month, that'll be about 200 pounds, won't it? <laughs> Speaking of prices, Mass Effect Watch, how's, how's it going? Uh, it's, not, it's a non-mover at the moment. It's still oh. the most expensive on PS4 at 49.99 jesus 44.99 on xbox one and 39.99 on pc i don't know when this uh episode is going to go out but at the moment the witcher 3 is 50 percent off on like everywhere at the moment on gog humble bundle and steam um it's 17 pounds 49 for a game with like 200 hours of content <laughs> yes. yeah I've, I've seen it this price once or twice before it's uh as they release DLC, they obviously want you to buy the core game so you can get on the DLC train, but it's um, yeah. definitely worth it. I just haven't got the hours. Uh, I bought it yesterday. I'm probably still going to buy it. <laughs> it. It won't run on my uh, Mac. <laughs> you <laughs> know, the thing about The Witcher that I, I don't I, I don't want to play it, and I think that's because when I play a role-playing game, I like to make my character. I don't like the fact that I it's an RPG, but I have to play as that old guy. Mm. <laughs> Right, don't 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 make an RPG where I can't make my own character. Yeah, there is a lot of fun in making your own guy and your own tail, as opposed to just playing someone else's tail. Yeah, I don't mind that though. See, I don't like picking my own guy because then you get the, uh, you know, the usual mute protagonist, or occasionally. Oh, I suppose Sunset Overdrive does it nicely, whereby you can pick how they look, but they do actually talk and have their own voice. But you're not really I'm controlling the them because there's no decision making. Mm. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. You get to pick your class and you get to pick your look and then send it through the world. Yeah. That's true, but then it's also like... That's why like... it's 50 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at things like Oblivion or even Fallout, you don't... Well, I suppose Fallout, you do get to make more choices, don't you? But something like The Witcher 3, there's no choices to make. It's just missions and stuff. Right. It's more like GTA in that there are a set number of missions to do and it's open worldy so you can do them in any order you want so but... don't call it an rpg well yeah <laughs> that's also true oh, yeah, yeah but you are playing a role <laughs> a role-playing game doesn't ah, mean see. that you have to I see have your game. multiple classes does it I'm playing a role when i play fifa it's the role of a footballer well, exactly episode 14 classic definitions of role-playing games <laughs> The Nerdist. Oh, I need to get my pipe for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on yeah, to moving interesting swiftly. news. Christopher, you have something to discuss, I believe. I do. Netflix menus. 
So, this is the most pointless thing in the world, um, and I discovered it, and uh, it's cool, and I've looked at it once, and will probably only ever look at it again when I've had too much to drink. <laughs> Netflixmenus.com. You can um, you can go and see what food they're serving this week in the Netflix canteen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh why. God. <laughs> I was expecting something really interesting there. I know. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm sure the, the UI hasn't been redesigned. My menus look the same. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's the most bizarre website. It's just like, this is what we're serving this week. It looks great. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I think we Moving should around. talk about the definition of cool news, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Quirky news. We'll add what what else have you got for us? Have you got anything else? Yes, uh, this week Sci-Fi, uh, the previously known as the Sci-Fi Channel, which was a much better name, have ordered a pilot for a series that's been chatted about on the, the internet for quite a long time now, Don, uh, which is going to be a Superman prequel. Um, well, I suppose a Super Family prequel because there's, there's several of them now. Uh, set, I believe it's meant to be about uh, Superman's grandfather, and his many adventures on the planet of Krypton, which presumably they'll do like a Smallville and, and we'll be building up to the fact that the planet gets destroyed and that'll probably be the end of the, of the last episode that that happens. Okay. But, uh, um, but it's been like, it's been rumored for quite a while and sci-fi have just ordered a pilot and within about three or four days of ordering the pilot, they put out a teaser trailer. Uh, which looked like it just, well, it's not online, but from what I read, it looks like it's just scraped loads of footage out of Man of Steel. And um, they've already given it a date, which means that they're probably already intending to order a series to go mm. beyond the pilot. I'm not entirely sure whether it, it sounds any good. I kind of feel like it doesn't, but um, there's still, there's quite a lot of buzz about it, and it would be interesting to check out. Cool. Yeah. There's a... <clears throat> A bit of an overload of superhero stuff at the moment, unfortunately. There um, is a lot. I think that's um, what initially most... put me off watching the new Captain America film. But I've heard so many good things about it, I'm going to watch it. But mm. you just kind of think, oh, everything's a superhero film or yeah. TV show. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to Lego Batman. It's my superhero <laughs> film that I'm looking forward to. Well, that's good, Ben. You're getting involved with the superhero <laughs> things like everyone else. Have you seen the trailer for Lego Batman? No. No. It is awesome is it still will arnett it is still will arnett excellent yeah this is a, a good trailer i highly recommend well, the only piece of news i'll watch I've it got, after this episode you should the only piece of interesting news i've got is that nvidia have finally announced their next graphics cards with oh, the gtx oh yeah <laughs> oh jay definitely knows what we're talking about <laughs> So the 1070 and the 1080, but more interestingly, the first benchmarks came out yesterday. Uh, Polygon and Ars Technica both had reviews with benchmarks where they basically went, eh, yeah, it is better, but it's not as much as we want. And it's like, well, it's 30% better than the Titan or the 980 yeah. Ti, which are now more expensive than <laughs> what the... No, yes, more expensive than what the 1080 is going to cost. Um, whereas it's only 63% faster than the 980, which is £30 more expensive then. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it still sounds pretty good. Still can't really do 60 frames per second 4K gaming on one of them, which is disappointing because that seems to be like the next milestone to hit because you don't want to be spending a shit ton of money 
uh, getting a nice computer, getting a 4K monitor, and then playing games at like 40 frames a second on it. That's not what anyone wants. Um, might as well just get so a yeah. Mac. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> so I'm, I'm intrigued by it because I'm about to build my PC. Uh, I'll be building it probably next month, actually, Live. just when this comes out. So I'm now not sure. Originally, I was going to get a single 980 Ti. I think I'll probably just get a single one of these. Yeah. Um, I was toying with the idea of getting two of these and SLIing it, but I don't think I want to do that because apparently it doesn't really work that well anyway. So I think I'll just get one. And then SLI it... is really hit and miss. So I, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I mean, the technology behind it is a bit crazy because obviously it's, well, we'll try and render this half of the frame or this every other frame on one card and then the other one. And that obviously doesn't always sync up because they're bits of hardware. So. So the difficulty is I'm not getting a 4K monitor um, because I don't want a 4K one. I want to get a ultra widescreen 1440p one, which is 3,440 pixels by 1,440. So it's like a 21.9 aspect ratio. Um, so the requirements are somewhere between 1440 and 4K. So I might, if I overclock it, just be able to hit 60 frames a second with the 1080 at that resolution. I think at the 1080 and at 4K, you'll probably get 60 FPS if you don't want the max settings on things. No, but no, you want the max settings on things. <laughs> What's the point otherwise? I'd rather have max settings than a high resolution. I'd rather have 1080p at ultra settings running at 100 frames a second. But then that's just me. I got my 1440p, nice middle ground, and most things run at 60 frames on my 970, so but I'm going to be getting one of those 1080s when they come out. Oh, yeah. Nothing's holding me back for nine teraflops of power. <laughs> I have That's a map episode with title on board right graphics. Onboard graphics. Oh. I have onboard graphics on my Mac. It's brilliant. I can play. Um, <laughs> Chip I challenge. can play StarCraft Two on low graphics setting, and I can play the original Portal <laughs> on normal graphics setting. I bet. I bet the GCX ten eighty is probably about five hundred to a thousand times more powerful. <laughs> what else? <laughs> <laughs> the only other piece of uh, news that I have, which uh, I don't even know if it is news because it was announced ages ago and it's not happened yet, but uh, who, who is looking forward to WWDC? Yes, I am. Yeah. That's coming up in a month, isn't it? Just under a month. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Three weeks Do you have any month, predictions? Yeah. You are, you are, I was having a discussion um, earlier on today about when the next batch of Apple tech is likely to be released. And I thought, I know whose finger is so on the pulse that it is the pulse. I'll ask Ben, live on a podcast. I'm very much like a Victorian nurse in the way I take the pulse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right up there. Yes. <laughs> uh, I believe that there will be, uh, in terms of hardware. New OSs, aren't we? Yeah. Well, first of all, you get new OSs, but they won't be public. They'll be betas. Yeah. And you should never install a beta because they're terrible. So don't do not do it. I've done a public beta for the last yeah, two. Yeah, you bitched about it for ages. No, don't the, do it. the OS X is fine. It's the um, I did the public beta for iOS 9, which don't do destroyed that. my phone and still was still broken. But um, yeah. I, did, I did Yosemite and El Capitan, and they, both, they were both really good. In fact, the beta the was better than the, the, the El Capitan beta was better than the uh, the GM release that came out. The, the OS X ones tend to be. 
pretty stable because they don't really change much. By the time they've hit public beta as well on the especially on the desktop ones, I've never had a, never seen many problems with them. The iOS ones no. are still a bit more dodgy, but yeah. But people that like buy developer accounts so they can get the uh, <laughs> iOS like previews just don't because it's going to kill your phone unless yeah. you've got a spare phone lying around. But then that's annoying as well because you <laughs> install it and then you can't use half the stuff because it requires like your main accounts that yeah. you don't want to put on a spare phone. Or even more annoying, like with iOS 8, it's like, oh, it adds like third-party keyboards and widgets and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you can't download any from the App Store because no one's made any yet. Uh, even we, if they have, we know, you can't install them. We know there's going to be new OSs, Ben. Tell us what your predictions are. Sorry, oh, yeah. come on. So, new OSs, and then they'll come out in September, October time. Uh, and then hardware-wise, there will be new Macs. I would mm. guess. Um, yeah. Are going to see new just MacBook, ref- do you think? Well, they've just refreshed the MacBook, so no. Um, okay. Have they? More likely, yeah, it got refreshed two weeks back. The little tiny MacBook, oh, I thought yeah. they just. Uh, I thought they just they changed the colours. No, they added no, they rose gold. they up by oh, did they? Okay. 0.1 gigahertz or whatever and slightly faster RAM, I think, or something. So. Yeah, okay. a few little bits, um, but nothing majorly exciting. Uh, so MacBook Pro is probably due an update. Mac Mini's due an update. Mac Pro's due an update. Mac Pro probably won't be, but all the rest probably will. I hope so, because I'm in the market surely, for Mac Mini. Surely the Mac Pro, I mean, not that I'm going to get one, but surely it needs no. upgrading at some point. It hasn't been upgraded for like three years. Yeah, but who's buying them? I know mean, <laughs> one now. They're so shit. expensive, aren't they? <laughs> you, you just buy an iMac. A 5K iMac is way better. And you get the display. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would guess also we're probably going to see a 4K cinema display. I think that's probably going to happen now. It's been rumoured for a long time and it keeps disappointing, but I get the feeling that that can't really drag on much longer now. That's got to happen. Uh, apart from that, I think that's it. I mean, WWDC is not really a time for hardware releases. You occasionally no. get Mac updates just because, obviously, developers use Macs. <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. the tenuous link that they make. Yeah. But there's not going to be... I, I mean, I guess there could be the next watch, but I would guess they'll probably hold that back to go ultimate. with the iPhone. Yeah. <clears throat> Are we going to see Swift 3? Yes, they've already announced that, and that's oh, already... Okay. Um, open source anyway, so you can download Swift 3 now and play with it. Are you going to announce or... Swift 4? <laughs> nope. I need, to, I need to give up uh, pretending that I know anything about Apple stuff, because I like to think that I do, but Ben always just destroys my knowledge. <laughs> I think Swift but... 3 is meant to be when they turn stable there, right? So there's going to be a lot less craziness with the language, even if it does evolve. Yeah. Lot, so. yeah, it's definitely, like, even if you build apps now um, in, like, Swift 2, um, it will tell you, oh, by the way, that's being discontinued in Swift 3, so don't use that. <laughs> um, so it's already looking ahead and stabilizing little silly things like you can't do variable plus plus. You have to do variable mm. plus equals one if you want to increment by one. Um, little bits like that. So they're still changing it. But yeah, Swift 3 is when it gets stable. Yeah, I'm not yeah by, uh, in terms of I mean, like those last few changes, but still. WWDC, I don't, I don't think it's going to be terribly exciting because all of the stuff that's announced is basically software, and most of that is developed in-house and is kept very strictly quiet. It's not like there's a supply chain which will leak. It's just locked down. So I've no idea what they're going to release. But also, there's not really much left to do. Like, <laughs> like what else can you add to the iPhone software? It's yeah. like, there's no obvious 
gaps anymore. Like watchOS, you might add like custom watch faces and stuff. That'd be cool. But I don't know if they're going to do that yet. Um, Siri APIs would be nice, but I don't know if they're ever going to do that. <laughs> that's been like five years. It will be five years old this year, I think, Siri. Wow. Um, really? Wow. She came with the 4S, which must have been iOS 5, was it? Was it iOS 6? I think it was iOS 5. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, it's old. Uh, and there's still no APIs. So we'll see. So I'm not massively looking forward to it, I have to say. Oh, um, I like I like it when they go through the, the new iOS 10, to be honest. That's yeah. the bit that interests me the most. That's usually. probably more exciting than iOS this year. They can yeah. integrate so. Siri and things into OS X. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big update for OS X. Probably just called Mac OS 11 would be my guess. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be a big yeah. But we'll see. Mm. Anyway, we need to get off Exciting. the news. Let's, let's finish up. Chris, have you got anything else? Maybe superhero-related? <laughs> um, so something that's been, uh, I think, one of the worst-kept secrets on the internet over the last couple of months. It's um, been Doctor Strange in Civil War. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Ben. That's right. You just, you just keep trying. It's really sweet. I like it. It's really and good. Green Goblin teaming up with Spider-Man. Total, yep. total yep. blind shot to me, that was. Yep. That's right, Ben. Um, <laughs> uh, so something that has um, been rumoured, I think, for maybe as much as two months, but has, has finally been announced today is the uh, Batman Return to Arkham series, uh, which is coming to Xbox One and PlayStation 4 on July 29th. And it is uh, basically Arkham Asylum and Arkham City remastered for modern consoles but also um what is interesting is they are being ported onto the unreal 4 engine apparently arkham knight the most recent release was only on uh unreal 3 so so these games are going to look better than any of the arkham games ever have done and have even better performance than arkham knight oh but yeah, well, <laughs> let's not come into PC. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Consoles only. But um, no, I mean, I, I think it's cool because I, I really, really enjoyed Arkham Asylum. It's one of the first games I had when I bought my Xbox 360. Um, and I didn't really get much of a chance to play Arkham City before I switched up to a PS4. So I'd, I'd quite like to get those and, and play through them. And I can do in a couple of months. So happy day. Mm-hmm. Cool. I've never cool. played either of them, so uh, <laughs> it's I might, basically I exactly might give the same as Lego Batman, just with more curves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't have Will Arnett though. <laughs> Singing his his. <laughs> I love the Lego Movie. It's one of my favourites. Well, that's something very briefly I wanted to mention. This just reminded me. Um, is that 4K Blu-ray players are finally here, along with 4K Blu-rays. And oh, one of the cool. first ones is the Lego Movie at a incredibly value. Price of £25. <laughs> oh, goodness me. It's the Mass Effect Andromeda of Blu-rays. Yeah. 400 more. Uh, 25 so like four, four times the pixels, extra £10. Four times the price. <laughs> so I can get 200 hours of Witcher 3 or a Lego film <laughs> for an extra £7.50. Yeah. I will be getting both. Yeah. Um, amazing. Amazing. Uh, John, have you got any news? I know you've been working oh, quite hard lately, but certainly, I don't know yeah, if that's your news. Certainly, fits into cool news, and that is uh, we recently released Stellaris, a space strategy game that, I mean, I've been working on it 
via working on the engine for the last year or so, whatever, I guess. And the guys have been working on it for a lot longer than that. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. And we hit uh, loads and loads of sales in the first 24 hours, and it seems to be getting a good response. So if you like strategy games and you like space games, then you can check out something that I had a, had a little hand in helping them to make. So uh, that's Stellaris. Check it out on Steam. Will you be featuring it on your excellent podcast connecting to host well i've been debating what to do about that because i have a what well, decidedly biased opinion because you know <laughs> true so um it's it seems unfair to review it but at the same time it would be nice to feature it on there so maybe we'll do kind of like a let's play instead of a review we can uh, we could play it for a half an hour an hour and then um talk about it as we play or something i don't know I'm still waiting to be gifted a copy. I've, uh, <laughs> it's thirty-five pounds on Steam. I'm not made of money. <laughs> You're made of buttons that cost money. <laughs> uh, I think the acting engine lead would have some sway. <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm planning on buying it. It was on my wish list before I even knew that you had a hand in making it. Yep. <laughs> Well, no, I've got no, one friend on who wants list. to buy this game. It's Ben Godson. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> too too oh, clever right. for me. Yeah, I don't think it would run on my Mac. <laughs> oh, it might do. That's true. Uh, I didn't even know I had a wish list on Steam. How exciting. I've discovered something new tonight. I've got like 70 games in there. I, I don't keep, even know. I, I don't even them. know how to see. Oh, look, wish list. I've got four things on it. <laughs> you're going to get really drunk one night, Ben, and you're going to have nothing on your wish list. <laughs> <laughs> that does uh, sound it, like me. <laughs> Stellaris is actually Stellaris is the only modern game on my Steam wish list. I have Stellaris, Thief Two, <laughs> Thief, <laughs> Thief Gold, um, and Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis on my <laughs> Steam wish list. My God, how old is that? <laughs> Oh dear! Well, we know from Day of the Tentacle that I probably won't enjoy that if I play it again. So <laughs> take that off. <laughs> oh right. Well, we're um, how far are we in? Forty minutes in. We should probably start with the main topic of this show. <laughs> nice. Oh, keeping to tradition. So today we're talking about video games, uh, specifically video game consoles, uh, and we're going to be talking about. Everything from our very first owned consoles to what we play on now and how we feel that consoles are progressing. Um, so I think we're going to start off back in history. Um, what were your first consoles? Chris, I'll start with you. What, what did you first get into with gaming? Uh, see, I always played on a PC. Uh, technically... Technically, my first console was a Sega Mega Drive. Nice. I bought it for £10 in a cash converters when I was 18. That was, <laughs> that was my first console. That was two weeks after it had been released when you were 18. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> oh. I, always, I always wanted to have a Mega Drive when I was a kid, but I was never allowed one, oh. was, which is a really oh. sad story. But we had a PC, and I used to play games on that. So my console, my consoling experience came in a bit late. Well, in adulthood, actually, I guess. Nice, John. Mm. What did you start with? I started with a NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, pre-SNES, uh, and then I went the Nintendo route most of the time. So I had those massive grey cartridges, and I used to have a. I think it was called Excite Bike or something. It was a yep. 
side-scrolling bike game that I used to love. And the ah, oh, I had loads of games. Awesome. Marathon you have the power glove. I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> that was before I was a innovation chaser. See, yeah. I think the first console that I ever owned, like myself, was um, a Mega Drive, um, and it used to belong to my brother. My mum bought it from him and then gave it to me as a Christmas present, um, which was different. <laughs> <laughs> but originally, like because I had an older brother in the house, he had his own consoles. Um, so I think we started with like a Commodore 64. Um mm. There might have been an Atari around at some point. Though. I don't remember. I remember the Commodore 64 just. But the first one I really remember playing was um, the Mega Drive, mainly because he brought home Sonic the Hedgehog 1, and I thought it was Pizza Cats, which was a cartoon I was obsessed with at the time. And I was convinced <laughs> I that it was Pizza Cats. And it wasn't, it wasn't at all. It's was, uh, sad. But the Mega Drive, oh, what a console. What a console. <laughs> Did you have no the Mega other... Drive or Mega Drive 2? I had the original Mega Drive, thank you. No, oh. stinking Mega Drive 2. Although we did have a Mega CD. Oh, wow. Fancy <laughs> now, the Mega that. CD was an incredible, incredible experience. It's basically twice the size of the Mega Drive and slotted in underneath it. Like, it was upgradable, which yeah. seems crazy nowadays. Like you could literally just buy this <laughs> thing the size of a VCR and stick it underneath what was already a fairly chunky console. Chris um, is still waiting for those to be a tenor in there. <laughs> oh. and then you put a cd in but the, the big thing that they tried to sell it on was that it had video because they had the cd and it could hold so much more uh, stuff it's like nearly every game had masses of like <laughs> really really <laughs> shitty video like the resolution must have been like in the hundreds of pixels like i can't yeah. even imagine how low quality it must have been i can yeah, still was... remember the is it like sewer shark or something sewer shark was, was the one, that was the, 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 one of the first games they released on a mega cd and i it still can see those pixely graphics it was basically it was like the the fmv that you got in uh, like the seventh guest mm. and uh, wing commander six and things like oh. that but on Three, a console so it was exciting 320 by 240 i think they were <laughs> of course most Amazing. people bought the mega cd just to play night trap which was a game where you basically watched some teenage girls get abducted in their own home uh, with video uh, which was very racy at the time <laughs> But, uh, uh, we're all laughing, but we don't support the kidnap of teenage girls from their don't homes. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you keep your beliefs to yourself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Mega uh, CD was amazing. Amazing console. Um, so what, what other things have you owned? I, I suppose probably best just to go quickly through what consoles you've had over the years. I'll start with you, Chris, because okay. you started later. Short. So short <laughs> yeah, it's true. My list is short. I had my um, I had my Mega Drive. I had a SNES, which I bought on eBay for a little while. I can't remember. I didn't have it very long. I can't remember why. Um, and I had Solid a... cash converters so that you could buy games for the Mega Drive. <laughs> That's right, Ben. That's right. <laughs> That's right. See, but uh, see, I was just I was reliving my console, my console-less youth as I got older, and that's fine. Um, I had a PS One when it was relaunched as a PS One, and I think the only thing I played on it was um, that thing with the dance mat, Dance Dance Revolution. Oh yeah, DDR. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Legend. Uh, that's, and that's I think I bought that for about thirty pounds, uh, and that was when it was new because the PS Two was already out. 
and that was what started my long my long uh hatred with the playstation controller which is why <laughs> i never had a playstation again until recently <laughs> i had a, an a, a n64 which i think i also bought on ebay mm. so that was that was not new and i loved that that was a really good console and uh, and then i had my xbox 360 which i bought like maybe five six years ago and now i have my ps4 so nice. actually i've had quite a lot considering <laughs> that considering that i started late yeah to be fair, it's a good batch of consoles right there. I'm hmm. always tempted to go and buy like a N64 or Mega Drive now. If I can get one yeah. for a tenner tomorrow, I'll just probably do it. You know? Actually, I had a Game Gear as well, and I had a Game Boy. That's it. I, I, I was never allowed a console, but I had a Game Boy when the Game Boy was first released, and oh, I loved cool. it so much. Um, <laughs> I, I, in fact, I loved it so much that I eventually sold it and bought a Game Gear <laughs> because, it, the hat, because that had coloured graphics. Like oh. 256 colors or something, wasn't it? You know that uh, it was so, a portable so Mega Drive. It was really? called, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I'll find out, put it in the show notes. But literally, you put like eight D sized batteries in it. <laughs> and you could put a Mega Drive cartridge in, and it had a screen like the size of a Game Boy screen. But you could cart it around and you could play Mega Drive games like. Goodness me. <laughs> while you're out and about crazy i saw it recently i was like i've got to buy one of those and then i was like no no you don't <laughs> what about you john what did you um what, what have you had right let's begin gonna start with um i mean you mentioned a couple of things like the commodore 64 so i'm gonna i'm gonna include them even though they're more computers than consoles oh i had a commodore 64 oh yeah okay see i i, I consider that because it did have a cartridge slot in the side i suppose it was only for games wasn't it Oh, ignore me then. I always thought it was just a games console. That's how long ago it was that I played on one. I started off when I was six with a Dragon 32. Oh, yeah, that was a (laughs) program basic in that. And then I got a Jupiter Ace, which was a backward Spectrum. And then I got Spectrum. And then I got a NES, a Game Gear, a SNES, Atari ST, uh... What did I get from that? PS1. I had a... What was it called? Uh, CD... Amiga CD32. Wow. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was history down that road. Biggest waste of money ever. <laughs> so I think you had all the consoles in Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> I never had the Mega Drive, and I never had the... Well, I never had an N64. So uh, oh. my, my friend had an N64, so I played on it an awful lot, but I never had one. Uh, and then I went down the, you know, PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and the Wii. Nice. So. Oh, yeah, I have a Wii as well. Uh, uh, <laughs> everyone forgets the Wii. Everyone forgets the Wii. Because <laughs> uh, everyone's Boy. got one and they wish they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Game Boy, PSP, yep. PS Vita. Pretty healthy, nice. the consoles. Pretty healthy smattering. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my I think that's unhealthy somehow. I actually, your list puts me in mind of uh, my friend James is, uh, for some reason, he has set himself on the path to collect every single games console <laughs> that ever was. And he just has them piled up in his loft, I think. In fact, he now owns my N64. 
because he needed nice. one and I needed the money. <laughs> yeah. When I was single, I used to have a bookshelf which had old consoles on it and the controllers, which I displayed neatly. Uh, and then once I had a girlfriend, um, that all went. <laughs> <laughs> and your friend James wasn't a guest on this show. Why? <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, he said, oh, you should get me on as a guest. I was like, no way, man. We don't want you on our podcast. <laughs> Your opinions would be too strong and knowledgeable yeah. for us. <laughs> well, in terms of the ones that I've had, I, I started with the Mega Drive and the Mega CD. And then I think after that was the N64, GameCube, PS2. I never had the PS1. Um... Oh, a Dreamcast, which I bought from a index catalogue shop for a tenner. Oh, yeah. Nice. Because no one was buying them and they were just getting rid of old stock. And someone shouted, they're selling them for 10 quid. So we went and bought loads of them. <laughs> ripped out. They had water cooling systems in them. So we ripped them out and used them for electronics. But I kept one and played uh, Sonic, whatever the hell it was. It was an awful console. <laughs> um, so there was the PS2. And then uh must have been... What was after that? I think I stopped playing consoles for a while after that until I bought the Xbox 360. Um, and then the Wii, the Wii U, uh, the Xbox One. And that's it. I've never owned a PS3 or a PS4. Did none, did none of us have an original Xbox, or did John say No. That? No, I didn't. <laughs> interesting. That, that, that was the one that passed me by. Yeah, interesting. I never bothered with that either. I mean, I, was, hand... I was not playing consoles at that at that moment at all. I was just playing the retro ones and mostly uh, PC gaming, so I was not yeah. interested in it. But that's interesting how none of us have had one. Hmm. Yeah, I've never owned one. Considering we've um, all got 360s. Yeah, that's true. Well, the 360 was so much better. Yeah, <laughs> but not when the Xbox came out. Yeah, I Xbox don't is just as good as the PS2 or whatever the equivalent was at the time. Yeah, um, yeah. And I had Halo, which, you know, was a great game. For the PS2, I had Final Fantasy, so that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, in terms of handheld ones, mm. I had a Game Boy Color was my first held handheld nice. console um, with a copy of Pokemon Red. <laughs> uh, and then I got the Game Boy Advance yeah. and then the Nintendo DS and a PSP. Uh, and then I bought a 3DS, and that was it. <laughs> I stopped after that. And now I have a phone, like a normal person. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, um, emulator-wise, like, John, you were saying about how cool it would be to go back and, like, buy a Mega Drive or an N64 and see how they work still. I've actually done that. Um, I have a working Mega Drive uh, with several games that still work. And when I got my... Um, a while back, I treated myself to a 60-inch TV, uh, and the first thing I plugged into it was my Mega Drive, <laughs> just to see how it would look. And it looked pretty good. It actually worked. But it's still a bit flickery, because it's done with like an RF cable, so it's mm. just terrible. Um, in the end, I just got an emulator on my Mac and plugged that in, and then it's at like 1080p, and looks way nicer. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I probably would never actually get an old machine. I'd just end up running an emulator, you're right. Yeah, because then also you get all the games for free. <coughs> well, uh, obviously they're all games that I, I only download games that I own. So. Well, that's true. Lots of responsible people, apart from the <laughs> Night Trap instant. <laughs> I think when I was at school, when I was in sixth form, there were a 
small group of us who played through the entirety of Pokemon on emulators in the sixth form center. Oh. It was that was that was an incredible time to be alive. <laughs> I remember trying to play Pokemon in an emulator and being like, no. <laughs> I can't do this at this little crappy resolution. Like I saw um, a trailer for the new Pokemon games that are coming out soon, uh, Sun and Moon, and like the video was really good. Like it was showing like it, it was kind of like an Apple advert. It kicks you right in the feels. You're like oh, this is so sweet. But then it shows like intersperses it with footage from the game, and because it's on the 3DS, it's like shockingly poor resolution and like, I was just looking at it going oh that looks horrible I couldn't I couldn't play it <laughs> which brings me quite neatly to nostalgia goggles which is the problem with emulators is yeah. that you realise just how terrible games used to look especially early 3D games like you're going back to like your Mario 64 or Goldeneye. Oh, I see, I, not I Mario, Mario 64. 64. I think that lives that that does okay because it's cartoony. Yeah, I think, oh, but I think Goldeneye is dreadful because I don't think it does. Realism. I think it looks terrible. Mario 64. Hmm. It's like got a color palette of about eight colors. It's horrible. But it's only well, supposed yeah, but to have big bold green. colors, so it's fine. Like you say, Goldeneye, no. you look at and go, oh, painful. But Mario 64, I can still play that. That's cool. I had the when I first got my Xbox 360, I bought the the Mega Drive Mega Collection or whatever it is, which mm. has got something like 40 games, 25, 30 That's games, right. 40 games, something like that. Oh, they were awful. It's a real shame. <laughs> I, like I didn't play it for that long because, and like every game I tried, I was like, nah. see, I think yeah. the Mega Drive holds up quite nicely because it's got that only a few games. Though, I think only a few games. I think this is the time I'm going to bring up the best game of all time for the Mega Drive, which is Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never seen Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, if you've never heard of it, it was based on the hit film of the same name. Uh, and it basically involves you as Michael Jackson going around various levels, rescuing small girls, yep. which he then shouts, <laughs> as he yeah. finds them Have you, and then at the end shouts who's bad and then fights Mr. Big uh, and then it has this perfect pixel representation of Michael Jackson's face going oh! It's amazing. <laughs> Have it's you the best game. seen the Michael Jackson Moonwalker on Mega Drive um, angry video game nerd film? <laughs> no. I have not. Oh, God. It's, you, what, you've seen the angry video game nerd presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, he's a guy who seems to own every, like my friend James, actually, he owns every old console, but he also seems to own pretty much all of the games as well. <laughs> and he makes these YouTube videos where he basically, like, he, he really focuses in on the fact that the old games are really incredibly frustrating to play. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah. and like, the whole focus of his videos is just him basically screaming at, at how rubbish the game is to play. But the, um, yeah, the Michael Jackson Moonwalker video is superb. I'll, I'll link to that in our show notes. One of the funniest things well about that game is that there is a level set, it, well, there's an 8-bit track of, like, all of his songs that plays, which is amazing. But there's a whole level set in a graveyard, but it doesn't play Thriller. It plays Another Part of Me, because that was his new song at the time, and they wanted to get it in. So you're, like, walking through the graveyard, fighting zombies, <laughs> and there's no Thriller music. And it's like, what? What? <laughs> we should Craziness. so... Um... We should so have recorded this show with like eight bit audio filters over it. 
Ah, we could get new theme music just for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Says the person who wouldn't have to make it. <laughs> but no, emulators are, are a good way of going back just because they make it look more like you remember. Especially yeah. it's like um, with the N64, that had an interesting upgradable part where you could put in, a, I don't know what it was, it was like a texture pack thing that mm. you could put in the front and it let certain games get like better textures. Uh, and one of them was Majora's Mask, uh, and I think Turek 2 used it as well. Um, so most emulators support that, so you get better textures, and some people have remade them so they look even better than they should. Uh, so emulation's a good way to go to play some of those mm. old favourites. I love all those weird things that old consoles did. Like, was it? Uh, it was one of the Sonic games, maybe Sonic versus one with Tails in. Um, oh, Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic you could plug in the other it. games. Yeah, and it had yeah. a slot in the top of the cartridge, so you could plug in the other ones and it used yes. the data from the other game. Now, with the emulator, I remember getting the ROM for that, and then I had one of the other game ROMs, and I literally like stuck the files together in Linux, and it worked. <laughs> really amazing. Because <laughs> I guess it just, you know, the, the, the unzipped cartridges were just four megabyte blocks of memory. and That's incredible. The second lot was just stuck stuck onto the first so because it you have to do like, with it it's like oh that's awesome with the sonic and knuckles one it not only let you like you if you put sonic 2 into sonic and knuckles it let you play it as knuckles in sonic 2 and it's like yeah. what mm. How? and um you could access different areas because you could walk up the walls and things <laughs> yeah another game that did cool stuff like that was micro machines um micro machines 2 or micro machines military where the cartridge literally had mm. two joystick ports in it <laughs> And you could share controllers, so it's eight you could, players, right? So you, you can, can play have... eight players. <laughs> How do you share the control? That makes what? Uh, one person well, you, uses the D pad and one person uses the A B C and then oh, right. B start to do My like goodness. up, down, left, right. Because all you have to do is basically go left, right, forward and jump or whatever. Then yeah. you jump. So it's basically left, right and drive, you know, so Yeah, 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 uh, of course. Actually, it reminds me also, um, like you say, like they don't seem to do stuff like this anymore. Um, probably because they don't need to. Most of this stuff was just horrible hacks to get around yeah. the hardware. Um, but one of my favorite games on the Nintendo 64 was Banjo-Kazooie, which is yes. a rare game, platformer, amazing. Uh, and one interesting thing that they had with that um, was that there were certain things that were like locked away that it showed you when you completed the game that like there was an ice key and there were like eggs hidden in places that you just couldn't get to like you could see the ice key but you couldn't get to it and then when banjo Tooie came out the idea was that they'd found a bug in the n64 where basically when you turned if you if the game was on and you pulled the cartridge out it would stay in memory for 30 seconds <laughs> And then if you plugged another cartridge in, it could access that memory. So their plan was that you basically got to the end of the game and then you unplugged the cartridge and then stuck Banjo-Tooie in and then it would unlock... Oh, no, sorry, the other way around. You'd, you'd play Banjo-Tooie, rip the game out, then put Banjo-Kazooie in and it would unlock the parts so you could get to them to get the key and the eggs and then you'd swap the cartridges over and then you could take them into Banjo-Tooie. 
But then the problem was that Nintendo patched it so that you only stayed in memory for one second. <laughs> and then the whole thing didn't work. So that it was called Stop and Swap, and it never never worked in the final release, which was a great shame, seeing as they'd advertised it at the end of the first game. Uh... But then when they remade it on the Xbox, uh, they did like a HD remaster. They bought that back and made it actually work properly. So if you owned Banjo-Tooie and Banjo-Kazooie, you could go back and get the parts and transfer them via the save game into the other game. And then they made a new Banjo-Kazooie game, Nuts and Bolts, which was completely different. Um, and if you had Banjo-Tooie and Banjo-Kazooie and got the bits and pieces in your save game, it would um, access new stuff in that game, which is really cool. Really nice way of doing stuff, but developers mm. don't seem to do stuff like that anymore with modern games. But just crazy hacks, crazy hacks in those days. I remember with uh, with my Wii, and this is just literally just a hack. But nobody remembers with Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, with the Zelda Twilight Princess, there was a hack on the for the first year or two that the Wii was out, where you basically someone figured out that if you put your name in a horse as a really weird long string, then it would overflow a buffer in the game and then start running code from a certain point. So you could use a save game with Twilight Princess to run arbitrary code on your Wii, which meant you could root it, which meant you could replace the bootloader, which I did, and then run emulators on it. So my Wii was a SNES, NES, Game Boy, Game Gear, Master System, Mega Drive emulator. <laughs> if you... Um, Pushed a button when you booted it up or something. I can't remember what you had to do to make it boot into the special mode, but it's pretty that cool. Was, um, yeah. That was one of the cool things with the Dreamcast is that it had an amazing homebrew community because it was easy mm. to root it. Um, <laughs> but you could like literally burn CDs. Like you could just burn the game on a CD and stick it in, and it would work um, because it had like no protection. Like in the GameCube, the CDs actually spin the opposite way. Yeah, and there were mini discs, so you couldn't like copy them like you could like with the dreamcast you could literally take the game rip the iso off and then just stick it on a new cd and it would work <laughs> it was also like the dreamcast operating system was windows ce yeah like, it had a that. windows ce logo printed on it that was weird a weird oh. choice <laughs> crazy crazy times <laughs> ah all right well um so what consoles are we using at the moment, I believe I can just answer this. Like, Chris, you've got a PS4 now, haven't you? Word. Nice. <laughs> and <laughs> you've got, John, your Xbox One-ing and PS4-ing. Yep. Having your cake and eating it. Oh, yeah. Whereas I'm just using the Xbox One. Although I'm not really using it anymore. I have it for only two games. Uh, Titanfall 2, which isn't even out yet. <laughs> uh, and Lego Dimensions, just because that doesn't have a PC port. Uh, May I ask really why you don't play your console much anymore? Or you just prefer because I'm planning on getting a PC. gaming PC, right? And so, as soon as I made that decision and started reading up on it and realised how much better it was going to be, um, I've kind of just stopped playing on the Xbox. Fair enough. Because <laughs> stuff like um, I'm planning on getting like a 4K TV, and it annoys me that like the Xbox One. It doesn't even run at 1080p for most things. Uh, and the PS4 at least that does, but the Xbox One's usually a bit lower. So yeah, and then you like look at things like The Witcher 3, for example. I think I paid 60 pounds for that on the Xbox One, 
and it doesn't run at 1080p and it looks just terrible uh and then on the pc it's like 20 quid and i can run it at 4k or higher with all kinds of ridiculous embellishments that they've added uh, like the hair work stuff from nvidia which makes it all look much more realistic and it's like yeah i want that and the real tipping point was when I realized I could buy either an NVIDIA Shield or a Steam Link and basically use an Xbox One controller and sit on the sofa and play my games in 4K streamed from a PC. So it's basically just an upgraded console. Hmm. You see, so that's kind of killed it for me. You see, I've, I've got both and I like both. I mean, I like sitting down on my PC when I'm going to play a strategy game or sometimes multiplayer games if it's not a shooter and other things but i also just like kicking back on my sofa pushing a button on the ps4 it turns on there's no bullshit there's no like oh the streaming isn't working or the settings haven't worked i just put a disc in or push a button and i'm playing i like that mm. and uh, when i play games with my friends it all works there's no like oh <laughs> server no, mumble doesn't. server and do all this crap it's just, <laughs> I, yeah. I i i beg to differ John, the number of times that we played Titanfall and it did not just work. In fact, most times it did not. Uh, uh, we had major issues with party chat and connecting. Yeah, I mean, we always had an issue with our X1 party chat, but as soon as we were booted, it worked. I mean, every other time we played, we had a, a party chat issue, but we just turned them off and on again and it worked. Um, but on the PS4, I mean, I've been playing for probably two and a half years with the same guys. Whenever we're free on a Friday, we play. So if we're not out drinking or something, then whoever's not drinking logs on. And I think I can count the time we actually have problems on one hand. I mean, and it's usually a game release has come out and overloaded the server or something. And otherwise, we just pick up the pad, start playing a game. When someone else pops up, we just go, hey, Rocket League, or it used to be Destiny, but we don't play that much anymore. And then we just put it in and play. And it's, yeah convenient that you can just do that sitting back on the sofa with a beer or something as opposed to when i'm on my pc i'm like serious serious vigorous gaming you know that's why i'm looking forward to trying the steam link um i mean i've got it but it doesn't seem to work very well with the mac so i've not really got the most out of it but i think it should from what i've seen of it it works just as you're describing like i press the button on the xbox controller and it wakes up the Steam link, you can choose a game and it just starts streaming it and playing it exactly like using a console, but obviously with better graphics. Obviously when you're dealing with stuff like, uh, I'm not sure how things like chat are going to work and mm. things like that on a sofa, so I'm not sure how that will happen or if it will, uh, but I think there's ways around that. But it's interesting. It's just uh, the, the one thing that I miss most is the achievements <laughs> going to gamer score because uh that's the one thing that kept me on xbox that's kind of the main reason i went for the xbox one realistically is because i liked the achievements and i'd already got like a huge gamer score and i wanted to keep it <laughs> um, so it's kind of weird not doing that anymore but uh yeah it doesn't really matter I'm also a bit of a filthy casual when it comes to shooters, and I find the... Uh, filthy casual. <laughs> the playing field is a lot fairer when you come to games. Uh, well, I'm going to say like Call of Duty, but I don't really play Call of Duty, but those sorts of games on a console, because you don't get someone who can just jump around and get 20 headshots in three seconds. So the bar is a, is a bit lower, and you can actually have fun if you're only going to play a couple hours a week. Whereas on PC, you just... 
oh, I've had my ass handed for the two hours and I can't play it for two more weeks because I've got, you know, r- real life and work and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's the only reason I have the Xbox One still, apart from LEGO Dimensions, which isn't on PC, um, is for Titanfall 2 because I will not play that on PC because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good enough. <laughs> Just take three I, months off work, then you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I got good at Titan for one. <laughs> so what do we think about um, console rivalries? I've got a note. I don't know why I have a note here. I don't remember writing it. But console rivalries like Sega v. Nintendo back in the day or Sony v. Microsoft. I think it's less of a thing these days, don't you think? It was, it was huge in the 80s and spilling over into the early 90s this whole mm. Sega versus Nintendo thing but do you think part of it has come from the fact that back in those days you, you would you would never have had two consoles because they were so 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 expensive whereas now it's not uncommon that? for people to have an Xbox and a PlayStation you say that but i think there are people today who can only afford one or the other and will only have one um and the price of them today is probably the same as it was back then like it was a lot of money to us because we were kids. Yeah, I was thinking but, the same thing. I think they seemed expensive because everyone who played on consoles when we were growing up were our age, i.e., twelve to twenty, and they couldn't afford it. Now everyone who plays consoles—not everyone—but a lot of gamers are still our age, and we can all afford two consoles if we really wanted to get. You know. Yeah, we are still the console generation, aren't we? Because yeah, they came out when we were kids, and mm. exactly. So I. And I also think that the rivalry is still going quite strong. Like Xbox versus Sony is obviously <laughs> the only one left because uh, <laughs> Nintendo ain't putting up much of a fight. <laughs> <laughs> even not even like Nintendo versus Sony in terms of handhelds because they're so completely different. Mm. Like, I don't even know if handheld is still a thing, but um, it, it seems to me that there's still quite a lot of rivalry because the real problem is the whole point you have a rivalry in the first place is not necessarily as to which console is best, although people do argue about that. Like uh, my friend Phil insists that the NES is better than the um, Mega Drive because it had better graphics and larger amount of memory for music that was more realistic. And I'm just like, eh, didn't have Moonwalker. (laughs) And that's the key, is that we're still in the same shitty situation that we were back in the 80s of you've got two consoles and so there's some games that are only going to appear on one. Um, so there are certain games that are only on PS4 and certain games that are only on Xbox One. And it's incredibly frustrating, especially when sometimes they're not on PC at all. I think that is frustrating when you get the when you get the um, the platform-specific games as well. Mm. Um, like when or I even- had my... 360 i would have really liked to play the last of us which i obviously have now because i've got a playstation but then you've got games coming out on on xbox that i won't be able to play like i can't play titanfall with you guys because i've got a playstation oh it will never come out you know okay it will do for the next generation but you know (laughs) i've only just got my ps4 John. No, 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 but on the the next Titanfall is coming out on both PS4 and Xbox One. Is what I'm saying. Oh, is it? But Ben's only got an Xbox mm. One, and you've only got a PS4. So, <laughs> so that doesn't resolve that issue. Oh, there's no cross-platform play. I can yeah, buy it twice yeah, yeah. and play with both of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the mediator. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say I had something crucial. On this oh, the the really irritating thing 
is not just the games that are exclusive, because to be fair, you kind of expect that, but it's when they do stuff like DLC that's exclusive, or even like pre-order yeah, bonuses stupid. that are exclusive mm. to like single shops. I hate that. Like, yeah. Oh, pre-order Assassin's Creed from game, and you get a special outfit and a whole new level. But if you pre-order from Amazon, you get this or that. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, I hate this shit. If you pre-order from Amazon, you get charged fifty quid. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. So what's next for uh, for consoles? What is the future? Like PlayStation upcoming... Five. Actually, no. There's they're they're, they're having like a mid generation, aren't they? Because you've got the PlayStation Four Point Five. Yeah, I, I saw a name 4K, for it recently. Right? I saw a name for it. They've given it a name. I can't remember. I'll look it up. But yes, sorry, John. NX. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get in there. But no, I think. Um, I mean, I know people. I don't know people don't seem that happy about it, but I don't have a problem with that. I think. You know, if every three or four years they want to go, well, you know, if you want slightly better graphics, you can pay another two or three hundred quid to keep up with PCs. It's still a lot cheaper than a PC, you know. Yeah. PlayStation Neo, apparently. I guess as long as they don't do it such that there are games that are only available on it. No, yeah, they've you... said that. I mean, I don't know who they are, but I mean, it's pretty certain that they're going to release the same games for both. Nothing is going to be exclusive to Neo. The only thing is, it's basically going to. Each one will come with its own predefined graphic settings, you know, so the, the Neo yeah. will have better graphics, be it a higher resolution or faster frame rate or just more shiny things. Mm. Um, and as long as it runs at a very good frame rate on both, I don't have a problem with it. It's fair enough, you know? That's the issue. As long as you don't get people that either don't support the Neo properly, so it just looks the same, in which case mm. it's a waste of money, or that they do support it and they don't really care that much about the old one and they just let it lag, like yeah. I do with iOS apps, where it's just like, <laughs> well, if you're running iOS 7, you can piss off. <laughs> uh, yes. That might not happen immediately, but over time, that's going to yeah. happen, I would imagine. And like the, the Xbox, they've sort of said, oh, it's going to be... Uh, like they've pretty much said it's like an eight-year generation, which seems crazy, because it's not that great to start with. Uh, so no, it's, I mean, it's a long time. To me, it seems perfectly fine for a console to last four, maybe five years. You know, I mean, it would last longer, but if if I if I'm expected to buy a new one for three hundred pounds for every four or five years, that seems still a bucket ton cheaper than a PC, and. Mm. If I get an improved experience every four, four or five years, then that's cool. Isn't it? The only one I'm interested in is the Nintendo NX, because Nintendo is such a weird outlier in all of this, because that is the one place you know there are games that are specific to that platform hmm. that will never see the light of day anywhere else. Like, and usually it's... with good reason, because the hardware, you know? Well, there's that, but also things like Nintendo make first-party games and they're the only ones worth buying. Like, yeah. no one is buying a Wii U in order to play Assassin's Creed. <laughs> because, mm. well, I don't think they make it anymore because it was so poor. But yeah. you're not buying the Wii U to play third-party games. You're buying it to play Mario yeah. Kart, Zelda, what other new Mario game comes out, etc. So the NX has my interest because I will probably end up buying it to play Zelda. <laughs> so... That's just kind of a given, but it's like all these rumors of, oh, is it going to be something that you can actually carry around? Like some rumors are that it's not just a console, it's a handheld console as well. 
and I'm like, mm, this sounds so weird. Takes eight D batteries. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would. That's like, yeah, Nintendo have got just enough exclusive games to make buying their console worth it. I didn't buy the Wii U, to be fair. Um, although, if I had a bit more time, I probably would have done. Because you go Mario, Mario Kart, Zelda, some couple of weird Mario spin-offs, and they're all good enough games to buy, and if you want them all, they've got no problem buying the console for them. Because the consoles are usually quite cheap anyway, compared to other ones. So the problem is the Wii U doesn't have any good games apart from Mario Kart, because mm. there isn't a, like a Mario Galaxy and there isn't a Zelda yet, and they've already said that the Zelda that's coming, that's been delayed and delayed and delayed, is coming out on the Wii U and the NX. So it's yeah. like, well, you wouldn't buy it on the Wii U then, because it's going to look terrible. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a tricky situation, that one. New Super Mario Brothers 2, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, who cares about that, though? Oh, did you not like the original New Super Mario Brothers on the Wii? Because yeah, I loved awesome. that. That was really such good. a good game. In fact, that was my favourite game on the Wii, I think. I enjoyed it on the DS. <laughs> I yeah, didn't enjoy it so much on the Wii, just because it's kind of like it's such an old style of game, like plat- basic, basic platformer. That is kind of it's the sort of thing I expect to play on my mobile phone. It's yeah. not what I expect to pay forty quid and play on a console. Uh, you know what? It's it. it is the first. No, maybe not first, but it is like the. Mario New Super Mario Brothers Wii is the like the the first time that that me and and my wife have have just sat down and co-opted a game all the way through together play that and we've played Mario Kart and that's it. So for it was it was I you know we really enjoyed it. It's a family, it's a family game. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I agree. But it's um But that's the Wii all over isn't family console. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Being handheld consoles, like they can't have much life left in them, surely. Well, I still like my PS Vita. I mean, um, playing things like Don't Starve on it and and Street Fighter. These are games that just you can't play on a phone. You can't play Street Fighter on a phone. Mm. Um, and I want to play it sometimes when I'm just sitting on a train or a flight somewhere. And I always take my Vita on flights and basically play it until it runs out of batteries. So. See, I take the opposite approach to that. I have all those things on my phone or iPad, but I have a Bluetooth controller. Because that's nice. one less thing to charge. <laughs> but you still have to charge the controller, Yeah, I right? just have to charge the <laughs> Well, no, no, actually, because some of them work off the lightning port. Mine doesn't. Mine works off AA batteries, but they're just AA batteries. Yeah. Um, and it's small, but I guess it's, uh, I, I've never seen the appeal of having yet another thing that just plays games to carry around when you've already got everything else. I imagine this would be more for you, Chris, because you've got a, a child, obviously, and no doubt, I'm, I'm not sure if he's of the age where you're giving him <laughs> consoles and stuff to play with, but if mm. you're hauling him around, like, you, you, you know, going on holiday somewhere and you want to keep yeah. him entertained in the back of the car, you're not going to take a handheld console around with you, right? If you've no, got the iPad right. already for the video yeah. and stuff, you'd just be like, there's some games on the iPad. You know what? My son is kind of super bright, and so I tell you a game which he both really enjoys and is terrifyingly good at for a not four-year-old is um, Monument Valley. Nice. 
Yeah, he um he's memorized the solutions to every <laughs> level of that and will just sit and play it over and over and over. Awesome. Yeah, he loves it. So that, that you're absolutely right. Um I I probably would rather give him my my iPad to play with than buy him a handheld console, which is odd because the handheld console will probably be cheaper than the iPad. <laughs> True. Mm. And then you've got the video and stuff, haven't you? Although I seem to remember watching films on my PSP back in the day. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Um, we're going to wrap it up with a very simple question. Pick your favourite console game of all time. You can only have one. It can be any console. Can we have a shortlist one? Nope. Like, what What? What did you... Because I have one that I was going to choose, and then I suddenly realised that I had another one. Well, you can only have one. Okay. I'll let you have two. If you honorable. Like. No, I was just going to have an honorable mention. Okay, honorable mention. Honorable mention. I was going to say Dragon Age Origins on Xbox <laughs> 360 because I love it. But then I realized that even better than that is uh, Aladdin on the Sega Mega Drive. <laughs> Legend. Yeah. That is a good choice right there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I finally, at the age of about 31, I finally beat that game. <laughs> John? I think I'm going to go with Super Mario Galaxy. That is a very good choice. Mm. Distinctively console-based, and I think the best Mario game. Love. I'd it. go along with that. I'd go along with that. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Toe Jam and Earl. Nice. <laughs> which, yeah. likewise, I finished with a friend about three years ago for the yeah. very first time. Yeah. Uh, mainly because of the save states and emulators. Uh, I also saw that I saw on the Wikipedia page for it the other day, and it's described as a roguelike. And I was like, what? Nah. You can't no. call it that. And then I was like, well, technically it is, actually. It's procedurally generated, and you collect a load of stuff. Amazing. Mm. Um, and then my, my top pick is Red Dead Redemption. On oh, the uh, nice. Xbox 360 slash oh, PS. I, oh, yeah. I was expecting Michael Jackson Moonwalker. <laughs> no, no, I do love that, but Red Dead Redemption all the way. Mainly Very because deserving. it's not on PC. It's mm. only console. And I've been replaying it over the last uh, week. Awesome. Right, well, that about wraps it up. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Well, thank you. Enjoyed. The Divide, you can check us out at thedivide.co.uk where you can listen to our other 12 episodes if you've not heard them already. Um, we're on Twitter at Podcast Divide, so if you've got any suggestions for things you'd like us to talk about, you can hit us up there. Um, if you want to leave an iTunes review, that would help us greatly because at the moment we don't have enough reviews to warrant even showing our star rating. So we can't show sad face. our three five-star ratings from us, which is greatly, greatly sad. Um Next show, I, I don't know when it's actually going to be because I'm away on holiday shortly. Um, so I think it's probably going to be in the future, the eighth of June <laughs> or something, probably. Some sometime in June, there will be another episode uh, where either Chris or John will choose something. Yeah, pre WWDC warm up, and then the post WWDC show. I'm yeah. Sure. Awesome. Well, awesome. Thank you very much, guys, and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Cheerio.